Man, so great to see you. Nice to see you. It's been like forever. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a minute for sure. I think the last time I saw you, I think was uh, you competed at the IBJJF San Francisco Open. Uh, no gi. No, it was gi. It was gi. It was gi. It was gi. I went with my. I went. I had like one match, and you had. A, I think yeah, you had. A, you know, I remember seeing you well, there. I don't remember if I won. I think you won. All right. Yeah, you won. I usually, I mean, I, I had pretty good odd, I mean, chances. I always do. You're, because, you're, you're a savage. Yeah, I just go out there. And I would just not skimp on on preparation. And so I, I as soon as that was like the the deficit, like when I would fight and I, I'd lose, it was because Sorry. the guys were just severely stronger than me. And uh, and then I, I got a, a personal training coach, uh, Fabiano Brazil, who was out of OTC. Mm. Uh, and he knows his shit, and he would get me ready for like just regular stuff. And then when I switched to do MMA when I was 45, 46, and then he goes, "Okay, we're changing your this training now. We're, we're gonna go." Man, reminded me like so we met back in the in the 90s, right? Mm -hmm. In Brazil, 97 in Rio. Mm -hmm. You went to Baja, and I remember you spoke like, of course, you haven't, there weren't that many Americans, but then I learned that you were like German too, and he started speaking German, and I. Sp Spoke some some German, uh -huh. some whatever I could remember, right? Growing up there. Sure. Um, but your family's from Munich. Yeah, my dad's from Munich. My mom is from San Salvador, Central America. That's right. And so I'm a spick and a kraut. I'm a sprout. A sprout. <laughs> yeah, and I grew up. I mean, yeah, I grew up in Munich, right? I spent most of my childhood there. Yeah. Well, so it, I would get. I was such a bad kid that I would get out of school in the United States, uh -huh. and then I'd get sent to Germany to go to school in Germany. Oh, so I have my report cards from back back then, you know, when I was still going there because I'd go every other summer. I'd go either I'd go El Salvador and go down there and cut down palm trees and coconuts and shit. Or I'd go to Germany and I'd play soccer all summer and go to school. Soccer. Yeah. 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 You had a good time in, in, in Munich. Oh, it's, it was awesome. It was awesome because my my grandparents had a, a huge you know, house in this little town called Bachhausen. And then right across the street, it was like cow fields and then forest. And so we didn't have any, no video games yeah. or anything. And they're yeah. like, go play. We'd go, ah, we'd all run in through the forest and go hunt mushrooms and stuff like that. We knew which ones to pick and stuff like that. We'd find old bomb craters, crosses with helmets still on them, <laughs> all kinds of cool shit for little kids to do. Yeah, yeah, man. There's a there's a guy a guy in Munich. I went. I don't know if I told you, but the I went to the you know I was when I did a tour uh, that after I was diagnosed with MS, like uh, one of the first places international places I went to was Munich because there was the IBGF Open in Munich. I was like, what? This is crazy, you know? See, I got I have the, I have a German fan club. Apparently, I gotta I gotta get my passport rolling again and and, and go out there because I would really love to go see it now that I'm older. And so my old neighborhood, there's this guy Hans Hans Hutton, Hutton, and he's in the old neighborhood right where I, my old neighborhood, right in the middle, right in the smack where I did my my communion and all the stuff, the church, and just my neighborhood, like a block away from where I where my house was, you know. And it was really like nostalgic. And I remember walking down the street, and I got emotional, just out of nowhere, like walking down the street, going walking to the park that I used to go to every day, 
and I started like crying. I was like, I was by myself. I was like, what the, what the hell is this? You yeah, know? but that's, that's such a like, I mean, that can like th throw you back like in time in your head, you know, it's just like little places like that. I remember taking the subway and I was arri I arrived to the, the subway stop at the bottom, right? And then I was like, oh man, this is like my stop. I, I just, the colors, everything, right? I was like, man, this is, oh, this is, this is my, I remember, I, you know, I, I don't, I didn't know at the time when I was like just planning out my, where I was going to go. When I got there, I was like, this is crazy. And just, uh, yeah, I, I lived, I moved there when I was four and I came back when I was 12. To, to America, you know? Yeah, that's a big So it's like my childhood that was was there. And yeah. I had a great childhood in, in, in Munich. Of course. In Germany. But there was, man, it was cool. Like like me, I was out in, in the cut. So like 40 kilometers out of Munich, you know, <clears throat> in this place called Bachhausen. And then there was like... Bachhausen, okay. And there was a big church, Aufkirchen. Mm. And it was right by Stamberger mm. And so like... Oh, it's in the country. Yeah, it's it's in the wow, country. It's cool. a, it's by Andex Brewery. Like okay. You, you take this, and then you go up to the monks, you know, castle and shit, and those guys are making beer. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And I there was a you know the the, the Creed movie you know the 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 the, the, the Ivan Drago's son. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you he's from Munich. I don't know if you knew that. Mm -mm. Yeah. So I, I discovered that too. They were here and they were hanging out, and I was like, all of a sudden, I saw them. I thought they were Russian, right? Or Ukrainian or whatever, and then I, they started talking. I was like, "Oh man, you guys are from you guys are German, you know?" Oh wow! And then I started like saying a little German, and then uh, and then we started talking more. And he's like, "Yeah, we're, I'm from Munich." I'm like, "Oh no way!" And then we hit it off. So he's from Munich. It was just a trip, you know, it's just a, a small it's a world. Small world, man. Yeah. That's what you start to realize is like it, it, you know people from all kinds of places, and then you, if you're lucky enough, you get to bump into them again. You're like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So, how did you uh, end up in the? You, how did you? You grew up in San Francisco. Where'd you grow up? Yeah, I grew up in the Avenues. Uh, you know, born born there, raised there, and then, you know, there was one uh, factor that happened. Like one day, we were like sitting out in front of the house, and this poor old lady got yanked into her car, and then they slammed the car door on her hand until she let go of the person they sped off. And oh, my mom man. was like, Lothar, we are moving out of the city, you know? And then that's when BART had just opened up and that's like our Bay Area rapid transit, uh -huh. the yeah. train. Yeah. And so that's when I moved out to the suburbs, which was like putting a shark <laughs> in, in a minnow pond, you know? And my dad's like, don't worry, whatever you do, get sent to the office, I'll come and get you. And I'm like, all right. Because you're not going to take any shit from any of these kids. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to take any shit. You know? And then my dad's a Greco freestyle wrestler. Uh. So he would always wrestle with me and taught me stuff because that's the edge. And so he'd go, whatever you do, just throw them on their head. They're going to start crying. And then you'll be in trouble. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I thought it was, dad, huh? I think that's, what was your that, dad's name? Lothar. Lothar. Of the right. hill people. You know? But... <laughs> But Lothar doesn't fuck around. He still doesn't fuck around. He's 85 now, and he's, he still moves better than me. Resilient German. He's saying, like, my, my stepfather being German, he drinks all day long and just, yeah, tough. Doesn't My dad doesn't do any of that stuff. I'm the exact opposite of him. <laughs> I, I don't know where I got it from, but my dad is totally clean living and everything, and he still does workouts. He's still, still pretty on it. Nice, nice. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Uh, so you so you went out to the suburbs, and then how did you get into jiu-jitsu? 
uh, I went to high school in at Akalani's, and then at that time, we had our little clique of friends that were, you know, all we all hung out with these chicks and all of us, and then Caesar was there. Oh, okay. But Caesar was not a Gracie yet. Right. Caesar was Caesar groaning, and then and then after he joined the Marines, and then he he stopped that. His mom was a consulate in San Francisco. Okay. Sonja, and so he got pulled out of the the Marines, and then he goes, "I'm mean, where are you going?" He's, like, "I'm going to Brazil to learn my family's martial art." And so, meanwhile, time goes, time elapses. I had gotten married. He came back, and I'm all, where have you been? You know, and he's on my front porch all of a sudden one day, and I'm all, so I was, I learned my family's martial art. I've been down there teaching Chuck Norris in L.A. with the Machados and stuff like that, and now now I'm here to to open up an academy. And this is pre-'93. Wow. This is before that. Before his Gracie's before first UFC, the, yeah. Before that. And I remember being a white belt and just going, jujitsu. You know, we, we, when we drank wow. the cool, we drank so the Kool-Aid how, and I drank two man, cups. Man, I don't know, I am really good, but how, how's he related, like, to his... Caesar? Caesar, yeah. Caesar's mom is a Gracie. Gotcha. So she's Sonja Gracie. Sonja Gracie, okay. And so he, when he went back, he, he now he took the, like Roger, how's, like all the boys take yeah. the mom's names, yeah. you know. Yeah. And the boys take the, the dad, sometimes the dad is not a Gracie. You're right. You know what I'm saying, right, right, right. right? They take the mom's name. Yeah, yeah. So Assange, how is she related to to Hanzo? Hobson's sister. Oh, okay. Okay. And Hobson just recently passed. Right, right, right. Some piece, yeah. Hanzo's and yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. That, they're the they're the Carlos side. Yeah, and then Carly, right? He moved. He was in San Francisco too. Carly was the only academy, and he was up on Broadway of all streets, right across the street from. A strip. Well, no, he was across the street from the Stone, which was like one of the premier venues for like cool bands. Okay. And so we didn't really know about that jujitsu place at all until uh, when I I stepped out and uh and opened up in ninety six no ninety ninety eight in San Francisco. Alf Gracie First Academy was there. Ninety eight. Ninety eight. But you started. That, you started. You started with, when did you start training? So going back. Like 93. Like 93. So, so uh, Charles Gracie came back from, from Brazil and you guys met. And then how did you get on the mat? I was training. I was I was already. Messing like, around, grappling with the, I was already since training. your kids and your dad. I was training at, well, when Caesar opened up the academy, which is pre-93, I was the construction guy. And so I went in there and I gutted the place and rerouted stuff and then taped and textured and painted the whole place and lay down the mats. Mm. And then, um, you know, I started training every day, all day. And then I would, like, do security on Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. Right? And if I had to, I would work in the day, too. And then but mostly I was indentured servant, <laughs> you know? Wow, since you're, those you're, early days. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, like... Like, after the first UFC, then all of a sudden there was, like, infiltrators that would come in that were, like, you know, sambo or judo players. Challenging, challenging. Uh, and they're, they're like, no, we want you. And he's, he'd be like, no, go, go train with Kurt. 
any of that. And I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? My leg is breaking. <laughs> Don't tap. Get out. And I'm like, ah. You know? Fucking Sambo guys are like locked on your leg, your knee, and stuff like that. Yeah. Judo guys would just want to start standing so they could plummet you to the floor at 80 miles an hour. So what were some of the guys that, like, from those days that were around on the mat? Are still on the mat? Yeah. So in that first batch... Um, Big Dave is still around. Mm. Big Dave runs Berkeley, mm. Ralph Gracie. Um, Dave Camarillo is Gorilla. Right, right, right. And really successful. Gumby is uh, his own entity. Heroes and, martial arts, yeah. Yes, and so he's doing really good too, Gumby. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm, who else? But they were in that Charles, the Charles Gracie? No, no, thing? no. We were all, we were all Caesar Gracie. A Caesar, sorry, yeah, Caesar Gracie. We were Caesar and Half Gracie. Right, right, and then, right. And then... In '96, that's when Mountain View opened up. Sorry, so I'm, I'm getting so Caesar Caesar Gracie is the one who went back to to Brazil. Yes, uh, his mom his mom is Sonja. Yeah, and then and then and then he started the school. That was the first school, right? Yeah. And then he brought he brought Half. He brought Half. That's it. Okay. And then so it was one was, school. It was one school. Yes, it was a and Gracie then that school. was like right before Extreme Fighting. Right, right, right. Which was that was that was crazy. It was like no gloves. Valtido, yeah. Well, two days. There's no gloves. How of the Pitbull Gracie? Yeah, and that was that was man, that was crazy. He went out there and just fucking funk, funk, <laughs> choke, choke. It's always the same, and then the menacing glance. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't, and I, nobody does that. Fucking, you look across the ring, and you see fucking Hal. You know something's coming there to <laughs> to fucking get you badly. So back, so in that those that Dave Camarillo was that there was one gym that, that I got confused, you know, it was it one gym? Yeah, it was one gym. Mm -hmm. They were together. Yeah, that was it was a Gracie when everybody was together at the time. Yep. And then they they opened that second school, and then I would go, okay, I'll do three days here and three days there. And that was my my solution, but it wasn't their solution, right? Because they were both like, no, you stay here with me. No, you stay here with me. And so <clears throat> some things happened, and and I went to Brazil. And I met you in 97, and I was over there for three months. And then my friends were like, no, you don't have to go back. You can stay another three months. I'm like, fuck you. I got to go. I got, I, got, I got responsibilities and shit. I only left the... The wife enough money to survive for three months and then you know i gotta go back mm. but yeah that was that's when i came back from brazil and i was purple belt yeah i was purple belt yeah you're purple, we're purple belts we were both purple belts yeah. At the time. yeah i was purple belt and i came back and then uh half goes i know where you're going motherfucker and i'm like Fuck, i know i'm gonna be there and so then i i tra i went with half the whole time and then I was training at Mountain View, and I would have to, like, man, I'd, I'd get up at 4 in the morning, and I'd drive to the job site, and then I'd work all day until 3, and then I'd drive home, and then I would get in my car again and then drive to Mountain View in an hour and a half and then get done about 10 p.m. training because our classes were, like, three hours long plus, and then I'd drive home, and I'd be, like, and then start the day over, and I was just doing, I was just doing construction, and then and training every night because yeah, it was it was fight club days right it wasn't like not like it is now no. i don't understand that 
Yeah, it, it's, it's three hours like hardcore training. Yeah, it was it was like you fought you like you, you think a pojada was like a fight, you know? Yeah, it was a there brawl. was there was there was pojada, and then Hop would bring in his fucking hundred twenty pound fucking Rottweiler, and we go and fucking have him chase us. So and then we'd be like, some people would be like sitting against the wall, and they're like, "Are you hurt? Or are you injured?" And I'm like. <laughs> Because if you're going to be a pussy, get the fuck out. And I'm like, I'm not a fucking pussy. <laughs> so reverse psychology works really easy on Kurt because all you have to do is you're a pussy. And I'm like, what? I'm not. And I'll, fucking run, I'll fucking run into a fucking a furnace, you know, whatever is out there. <laughs> call me a pussy. I'm like, fuck you. I'm not. Sounds about right. <laughs> Especially when you at those ages, you know? Yeah, well, I was... When I started counting for real, I was, I was 28, and then, and I was doing, I was still in a band, I was still doing all kinds of crazy shit, but by the time, I think in 97, I was 30-something already when I met you guys, mm-hmm. you know, and I was hanging out, and they're like, what the fuck is this old guy doing here at the fucking, at the 6 p.m. class? And then Montaño would walk in, and he's all, where's that fucking American? And I'd be like, here I am. <laughs> you know? It was, do, you remember it was some name, do you remember some names back in the, like, the in, day? In, in, no, in Brazil, in Brazil, like on the mat, in Rio de Janeiro? What Nino, like? Gordo, Joleta, Dudu, Miragai. And at the Miragai, yeah. Hyan. Hyan yeah. would be in there. Hi, Gracie. Yeah. Fucking terrorizing everybody. And then I'd do good with one of his guys, and he'd go, not with me. And I'd go, oh, fuck. <laughs> or he'd be murder-raped at the same time. And then, um, yeah, but there was a lot of guys there. Cabasson. 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 Oh, yeah. Big Hedge. Big Hedge, yeah. Big Hedge. Fuck, Big Hedge is good. Yeah. Big Hedge was fucking yeah. good. He'd go out there and fucking do his crazy little fucking arm lock and he'd fucking get everybody with it and Holetta would go out there and then that was when Holetta fucking swept village and did the big the thing there and then Nino fucking was omoplating everybody it was the who's who at at that time right? it was it It was was like like Saul Rivera talks about them like they brought out the best in him because they're all the different types of games right and then then you'd see the flyers of like Hanzo versus Alexander Baiva and there'd be super matches you know on the weekends right those were cool. That's what like everybody's trying to do now, you know, like I fight to wins and stuff like yeah. that, you know. It's it's kind of going along that that genre, which is it's really cool, I think. Yeah, there weren't that many opportunities back in the day, right, for guys to compete, to make money, right? To make money. Not that anybody was getting paid in those days. <laughs> you get a food ticket and some white shorts. You get a, t- a t-shirt, right? You're pumped. <laughs> You're like, "Fuck yeah, look at that." No, man, you didn't need to get anything. It was, uh, I mean, I just remember, like, you you were proud to represent. That's who you got, and you became, like, the respect. And, you know, and then you, the got, respect. you got name, and then you got right. sponsors. And then all of a sudden, you were fucking eat free bowls of acai. How was our acai at Acai Jungle oh, Cafe? super good. Legit? It's it's not cut. Like, where I live, I went in there, and I, I, I looked at him, and I'm like, aguado. <laughs> you might as well have cut it with fucking whatever, you know? Yeah. 
but it, it's like no this one That's, tastes yeah, way better yeah much pure yeah. Yeah. like but the pure the source oh my god because in brazil right they mix it with the granar syrup mm-hmm. you know and it has a lot of like you know like sugars and just not maybe stuff that's not the best for you but it has caffeine in it so that has like a certain thing right like a certain uh taste and things like that um but it, yeah she does she's just like the pure one without it has like a little sweetener right because the regular assay right have uh, it's kind of like a bit a little bit gritty yeah. yeah so but as much as close as you can yeah <laughs> dude that that's the thing i miss i remember getting out of like Espaço Vital, yeah, and walking down the street, and there would be Bibisucos. Bibisucos, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Go that was it. And get a seven seven fifty chisola, mm. and then I get on the Unsech Novi, onibus Unsech Novi da Lagoa, para Umaita. Oh, El Morava. I lived right next. You took the bus all the way across Rio. Yeah, you in San Baja? No, at the time I lived. I lived on the. Viúva La Cerda, next door to Grace Umaita. Really? And all my friends lit all my friends on the road would be like, You hang out with us, you drink with us, you fucking party with us. Why don't you come and train with us? I'm all I can't. Oh, and uh, Tijuca when uh, in uh, Na, the Grace Umaita. Umaita. And, and it was the lado of the casa. It was right next right door. there, right next door. Okay. And I'm like, I can't, guys. I'm I have to go where Health told me. Health told me to go to Baja. I have to go train with Carlinos. And that was the days when Carlinius would be in his in his in his lawn chair with in his, his lawn chair on the mat. <laughs> Bro, he was the best, and he'd be like, "Paw, that's a matter," you know. And, yeah. just, and then he'd uncross his legs, and he'd just sit in his lawn chair like that and just give class all night long. Man, it was cool. It was, those days were fucking cool. Yeah, I'm so glad that I experienced that. Experienced that totally. Him on the mat. Him. Talking shit to everybody, like critting. Oh, what are you doing? What is, what is that? What is that shit? You know. Now and now, I don't even know where he lives. Is, is he here in LA? He's in Brazil. He comes in. I think he comes once in a while, but then he, he's in Brazil most of the time in the south of Brazil. Santa Catarina. Yeah. It's fucking Florianopolis. Beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. That's man. it. Yeah. A lot of Germans, right? It's very Germans blonde. Are. It's a very blonde area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But even the houses are built like. Like in Germany, they have like a front fence to, yeah. you know, and they're, it's very nice. Now, Nell's wife is uh, German. 100%. She is? Like, yeah, she's Brazilian German, right? So, but oh. her, both of her parents are Quite blonde. Yeah. Tá puxado, hein? She's the one that keeps things straight. <laughs> I, I, I can only imagine. He's the he's the he's the, he's the <laughs> all over the place guy. <laughs> focus, focus. <laughs> yeah, man, what a journey. I'm I'm so gr- I'm grateful too, man. We were part of that that era, that time, the '90s, right? It was cool because. Hell, are you doing here? No, I'm I'm joking. <laughs> I like children. They're delicious. <laughs> It was a small little girl. Yeah, it probably that, frightened that, her. Nell's daughter. <laughs> Before, I'm sorry, man. I just do that to children around because I like that. Were you saying about the the that era? That era was so cool because you remember the the Dodge Rampage, like it was like a truck but right. not a truck. Right. So Nino had that, and so Nino would come and pick me up sometimes, and he's all, Kurt, what about Elvis? 
And I'm like, what about Elvis? Put him on. He's the fucking king. And he's like, that's why I love you, Kurt. And fucking, we'd listen Elvis blaring. And, and the first day I landed, okay, I landed, changed some money, and I went and bought a kilo of weed. And I started doing what I know best, selling weed. In Brazil? In Brazil. Wow. I also came with 100 hits of acid. Oh, my God. Which funded my whole trip. Wow. No, dude, I don't think wow. you understand. I'm, I've wow. done stuff that's crazy. Wow. But see, the way I got, got it through. Jamie Walsh is telling me about a Hyang Gracie story where he, got, he brought a cake to a party. And then, like, after about 30 minutes, they started eating it, you know, and then people started screaming. And he put acid in the cake. You have to tell people when you're giving them acid, or else they'll, they will scream. <laughs> That's what happens because they think they're going insane. You can't go, oh, by the way, there's acid in the cake. <laughs> no, I'm going, no, I gave you acid. Man, that's great. You were not, and, you know, the police is crazy down there, right? No, it was, but see, what I've heard is like from when we were down there, yeah. it's worse, which is like, it was bad then. Uh. And it, Oh, Bobby Tava subindo a montanha, and those the special forces were were already already going up the mountains, and so even now now it's even worse. I I hear, mm -hmm. and so all the guys you know that I know they're like Kurt. I don't live in Brazil anymore. I, I moved I moved to the United States. Mm -hmm. I'm an American citizen now, and I I want the American dream. Mm -hmm. And then and then what I I perceived, and what I thought would happen, and it is it is happening is now those crimes are spreading over our border because <clears throat> we're lax on our border and these guys are crossing and they're mostly criminal types and they are doing hostage taking, home invasion, whatever, mass shootings, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So that's, that's just. I mean, back, even back in the day, they were doing, going to the beach and with a bunch of guys and just, you know, robbing people and, yeah. you know, crazy stuff. They're like, Kurt, don't, don't walk around with, with any jewelry on, no watch on, with yeah. 10 hash. Yeah. So precise. That's all you need. You need yeah. 10, yeah. 10 bucks and you're good. Yeah. Where, where do you live now? I live in uh, Pleasant Hill, California, which okay. is like right by Walnut Creek, which is a really nice area yeah. of Contra Costa. It's like 30 minutes with no traffic from San Francisco and okay. it's in the suburbs. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's in the valley and it's very warm. I mean, how's San Francisco these days with all that San stuff? San Francisco basically is losing its um, infrastructure due to all the homelessness and, and open-air drug markets, which is fentanyl. So when I went to rehab, and, I, and they're like, what are you here for? I'm all, whiskey. And they're like, well, what are you here for? Fentanyl. I'm all, what the fuck is that? Fentanyl is, is a manufactured like super strength more than heroin so that's what's happening down there and so there's so many homeless and so many drug addicts around downtown that malls are shutting down like the gap whatever all all, all the all the store, old navy any store that's down there because they go in there with a calculator and if you don't steal more than a thousand dollars it's not a felony so they go in there with a calculator and they grab all this shit and they run out of the thing because they can't be chased or arrested for it. Wow. 
So, like, right now, San Francisco is, like, they're, like, recently, like, on the news. I watch the news all the time. So they're beefing up the police. They're going to get 300 more officers. There's no, there's now undercover cops all throughout that downtown area, which is only, like, a two-block area because it's like you go through a veil of, like, a veil. Mm. All of a sudden, you're, like, walking, and it's, like, nice, 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 nice what the fuck happened? And it's like junkies, crack, everything. And then you walk out of the veil and you're back on a nice street and you're like, what the hell was that? So it's really interesting. And that, and that's what's plaguing you. And then everybody wants to use the buildings that are empty now as lodgings for the homeless. So you're, you're no, you're no longer homeless. You're, you're home impaired. No, what are what are you? It's another word. They so it's like a money grab for the guys to build these houses for the homeless, and then like whoever's connected with the politicians or whatever they right. And the homeless is increasing. It's not going down. It's not going down, and everybody sends their homeless to us. Mm. California. Right, 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 right. Down here too. Down here too. And then of course we're bordering Mexico and. Everybody's coming over there, and they, they don't want to be there because drug cartels and everything over there is more fucked than us. What's the solution? We can't help everybody. We have to help ourselves. We mm. have to. We have to. We have to. We have to do. We have to like circle the fucking wagons and do our and do our do us. And then once everything is cool in the United States, and we don't have any starving children or homeless or you know, jobless people or whatever in the United States, then we can start to reach out and help other people. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. first we have to, I, I think, I mean, and it's, it's, I mean, me, I'm not heartless because I want to help the other people too, but it's like, man, there's a bunch of people here that need help. Yeah. So I think that's more important for us to, to help our infrastructure. What about the home, like the homeless solution? Like what's the, what's the solution? You're gonna Man. have to home them. You're gonna have home to, them, but it's like it's like growing, you know. It's it's not gonna get any. It's gonna get bigger before it gets smaller because uh. now there's AI and all kinds of people are gonna lose their jobs mm. because everybody's gonna choose that over a, a human. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's I, coming. It's I, coming. I, I, and it's not. It's that, here. It's here already, it's not, but it's, it's coming. Not, it's not that far off where it's gonna start to do stuff like that where. You know, there's not going to be factory workers. Right. Robots. All robots, you know, and then some people at the end, maybe. But that's that. That's what I I foresee anyway. That's that's what's what's kind of trending towards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. It's here. It's here, but it just hasn't been mass produced. But what do you think about jujitsu? How's jujitsu gonna? You gonna have robots teaching jujitsu? I. Uh, I don't can they? That, they can't, right? They can't. Not, I don't think that's even possible. As long as there's humans, you can't have a robot. They're gonna, you're gonna know it's not, it's not real. I, I don't think that'll be possible. I mean, the thing that was interesting, like in our day, like we had to fucking get VH, VHS, VHS tapes. tapes. <laughs> there was no internet. There was nothing. We had to get VHS tapes from Brazil and then play them in our machines. Did you know the guy Paqueta? 
Yeah. That Crossing Gracie uh-huh. uh, guy who videoed all the the tournaments uh-huh. and stuff. I know. Uh huh. And then what's that? Layman would go over there and do Mark the same Layman, thing. yeah. And then Scotty. Scotty, he filmed, he filmed, but you know what? What they would let him film, right? Because, you know, <laughs> be quiet, you're a gringo. You don't know nothing. <laughs> Second wa- class citizen. You better watch your ass, motherfucker. <laughs> Intimidation does fucking wonders. Man, those are the those are the days, man. I'm I'm the '90s, the 1990s. I guess the once once the the worlds came over to U.S. like in 2007, then things started. Then things shifted. Well, Pan American started to be in Orlando. Right. When? Orlando, 2002, 2000, 2002, I think. Yeah, yeah. Or 2000. Kiss me. One right? kiss me. Yeah. Everybody that's in those lines, because there was the day before weigh-ins, right? Everybody that was in those lines, they're all like, later on, they're all black belts, right? Because it was like a six-hour line to weigh in, right? Dude, and everybody <laughs> everybody and their mother would fucking cut in front of us, and we'd be like, what the fuck is this? There's no fucking cutting in America. And they're like, oh, you guys are not from around here, are you? <laughs> Did you ever weigh in at... Uh, uh, Carl's Grace Jr.'s house next door for the Worlds or anything? No. Okay, the, all the weigh-ins for the Worlds. Were next to Espaso Vital? Yeah, at his house. He lived right next door to the to the gym, right? And so we'd all go and weigh in in this garage, and then all the brackets were posted on his wall of his house, like the wall of the the, the, the property, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you would look to see your bracket and see who's in it and stuff, who your first match was. Before the phones, before the internet, you know? There was nothing like that. That, that was, that's what, I think everything was a lot more challenging back then, I think. I mean, no internet. It's like fucking, when I got a, a flip phone, I had a flip phone at first, you know? You were you're living large. Oh, was... <laughs> I had one of those bricks, you know? Like the, the oh, I, 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 thought I, I thought I was, I thought I was, you know, I was living del- large. I was a delivery guy, so I would, I would, I would take... I would do hospitality rooms. So we would go backstage to all the shows and we would have backstage passes and we would set up ping pong tables, um, pinball machines, pool tables, whatever, whatever the band wanted, right? In different venues throughout the Bay Area and then pick them up. But the thing was, is like, you know, we'd, we'd go in there, fucking drop everything, go to another place, drop everything. And then have to go scoop everything up through the night. So mm-hmm. we had to pick out what what gig we were gonna hang out at, and so that was that was cool too. That was a cool job. Yeah. How did you get into MMA from jujitsu? I I wanted to be like Half. I wanted I wanted to represent jujitsu. I wanted to represent jujitsu, and I wanted to I wanted to be as as lethal of of an athlete as I could be. And so as soon as I got my black belt and then I go, okay, I got my black belt. And now I will start to go to Oakland and box with the black guys. (laughs) Fuck. That was, I would go, I would go with Crispin. Me and Crispin would go. I don't think I understand. He wants me to call you. He wants us to call him. Yeah, let's call him. Let's call him after this. Yeah. Yeah. And so, <laughs> no. And Crispin's the best. He's still yeah. he's the same. Yeah. He hasn't changed. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I remember the first time I met Crispin, he goes, and I was like looking at the Bicoto, oh, the agua. 
Mm-hmm. You know the the the, the Turn- what do you call it? Tourniquet. What is it called? The no the. The, the hose bib, mm-hmm. you know, where you turn on the water and everybody's drinking from it. And I'm like, I was like, fuck, I'm so thirsty. I'm going to go drink it through And he's like, no, gringos. Baby, I eat the more. I'm like, oh, fuck. Because all the bacteria, I wouldn't be used to it. In Brazil, you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, you were fighting. You were talking about you were training in Brazil with Crispin in Brazil. Yeah. And that's the okay. first time I met him. And he told me, don't drink that fucking water. You'll die. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got to be filtered. You got to be bottle water always but uh but you you so you want you started to fight but you started to train go to the box boxing gyms we went to king's king's boxing which okay is, he's an old maybe was chris being already in in the u.s you know yeah okay so you guys would he, go together he, he and sapon had moved over carlos sapon yeah and they they were living upstairs in the san francisco gym and so i would come in every morning and wake them up and give them Bagels. <laughs> yeah, I'm all, get up, you fuckers. Here, eat some bagels. Cream cheese. And they're like, nah, get my ass. <laughs> you know? But that was that was a good time. That was a good time too. And then everybody would come. Chris Bain seems like he's doing really well. He's doing really well. He's got a, he's a hard got worker. A, he has a facility like yours. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it's dialed in. It's nice. 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 Yeah. Nice. And so you started. So what was the first fight? How did that happen? The whole. Um, I'm always curious to hear the my the roots. First you know. Fight. What was it? The first fight I had was against this guy with a mullet, and I was just a like, mullet. "I'm gonna fucking kill you." And the guy was like, "Me mugging me and shit and talking shit," and I was like, "Halford would be like, we don't talk shit, do we? End them, and then we talk shit." <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> and then my second fight was against Lou to leave it a guy. Okay. And then I was like, and at the weigh-ins, I weighed in. Of course, I'm 185 and very short. And then I, I just do my little stance and everything. And the guy came into my fucking zone and put his forehead against mine. And I was like, and, and Crispy's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I was like, <laughs> I kind of like pushed him away and I backed off and everything. At the weigh-ins? Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then on the way home, I was like, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> and Chris is like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously, I'm going to try to kill him. <laughs> and he's like, why? And I'm like, he touched me. <laughs> you know, that was like, I was, that was such an affront to it me. It was so personal. Though, it was like, back in the holy day. shit, you got in my fucking... You want to do that shit? Fuck that shit. And because I don't talk shit in there. It's like, oh, I'm going to go in there and I'm gonna fuck him up. Fucking jiu-jitsu guys are all the same. And I'm like... My friend, uh, Renato Migliaccio, who's a high and Gracie black belt, he fought because I was in New Mexico, right? And so for his first fight, I fought in the King of the Cage. We got him a fight. He had to lie to high and Gracie how much you... Because, you know, it was like the pride days. And so, you know, if you're a black belt, you should be making whatever, the supposedly. High was getting fucking... I got to tell you another story afterwards. <laughs> Remind me. All right. Yes, yeah, so we had to lie to him saying, yeah, I'm making, uh, what do you say? I was making a couple thousand, but he was making like 300 bucks, right, to, to do the fight, you know? My first fight, <laughs> I got 300 bucks, and I got fined $300 because <laughs> after I choked the guy out, after I choked the guy out, I got up, and I did a high and move. Oh, Stumped on I, his head. <laughs> I did a half move. I got up, and I go, 
I choked him because he was tapping me like lightly on the inside of the leg. And I'm like, fuck that, bro. Get your fucking hand out of there and fucking tap. And he's like, I go, that's right. I got up and I go, slap. I slapped him in the back of the head. And so I made $300 and then the California Athletic Commission, Athletic Commission fined me $300. Wow. And it was a wash. And they're yeah. like, man, you get nothing. And I'm like, I mean, you're already losing no matter what if you're fighting for that, right? Exactly. My first fights too. That was when the, that's when the the big saturation started when you'd fight for yeah you'd fight yeah. for nothing yeah. Well, so tell me the high and Gracie story. All right, so <laughs> this one time in Japan, <laughs> I was really bad. I was fucked up and I was drunker than shit, and I couldn't find my hotel room. And of course, I find Hein's room and I'm like. And Hein answers in his underpants. He's all, do you know what time it is? I have to fight tomorrow. And I'm like, I have to take a piss. And he's like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and so he jumps on me and he starts strangling me. And I'm like, Hein, it's not really good for you to strangle me when I'm drunk. It could kill me. And he's like, fuck, Kurt. You're so stupid. He goes, get out of here. And so he let me go. The next day we get on the bus to go to the fights. And he's like, just looking at me. And I'm like, fuck, what happened? And he's like, don't you remember? No, I, I really don't. What happened? He, you went and woke up high in the middle of the fucking night. And then he choked you and threw you out of his room. And I was like, oh. And so <laughs> luckily he went out there and he fucking killed the guy. What fight was that? That was the one in Pride where he, it was uh, bombard the guy. Yeah, it was, brutally. It was brutally, of course, but there was no other way. <laughs> and so that was when he won, and then Half lost Gomi, and then I went. Gotcha, out with, gotcha, gotcha. And then I went out with I went out with Hein, and they're like, "Why are you going out with? I'm all, I'm gonna go out with Hein. What what this big deal? He's fucking cool." And they're like. Oh, I don't think you understand. And I'm like, oh, I think you, I think I do. <laughs> so we went out and we're in, in Shinjuku. No, no, right? Right, right Shinjuku. Yes, yeah, right. yeah. And so we're in Shinjuku and like drinking beers, and all of a sudden he's like, yeah, and just throws the bottle randomly up in the sky and lets it explode wherever. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck about that. That's fucking mild to me. I'm a fucking metalhead. <laughs> so we go into this bathroom and I'm pissing, and, I, and Heinz like, hey, and I'm like. He's like, get out of the way. And I'm like, and get out of the way. He goes, bah, 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 kicks in the toilet and shit. And I'm like, and kicks in the whole urinal, like fucking shatters it. And I'm like, I think we'd better go. <laughs> and so after this, after all this is said and done, they go, go get our money. And I'm all right. And so I have to go down the hallway, which is ill lit. And then I open the room, which is like smoky and shit. And there's a bunch of guys in $10,000 suits. Yakuza, Japanese mafia dudes. No, I don't know. I can only assume. But <laughs> then they're like, I'm here for, and they're like. Cash, all cash. Stacking up the. Our stacks. American. Uh-huh. U.S. dollars. And I'm like, all right, then I'll be going then. And so Heinz like. Put this down your pants. And I'm like, why? He's like, I can't take all of this. You have to put this, you have to put some of these things down, down your pants. I'm like, all right. 
That's how they did it back in those days, right? They would strap you bring your entourage. Just when they paid you, you would strap all that money to your body. So when you come back, to, you wouldn't have to pay taxes. Exactly. Like Dan Henderson was telling, they give him like a little kitty, a kitty, little kitty uh, bag full of cash, right? Mm-hmm. And then you bring your entourage and you strap it all on and your body. Everybody and puts back. down their pants or in their pockets, <laughs> and you walk through the fucking thing, and you're like, "Fuck." Who went? Who went? Who was? Who was on the Half Gracie? Uh, entourage. Squad? Yeah. <sighs> Fuck. Everybody was there. Everybody. Fuck. I forget the guy. He's those a, are the days, huh? Hanzo. Hanzo. How? Hanzo. Hanzo. Right before he goes out, Half goes out. He goes. And he's like, I won't, I won't. As his eyes spin counterclockwise, you know? And then he went out there and, and took the knee and everything like that. But then he came back and, and beat Mashida and stuff like that. But Interesting time. It was cool. It was great. It was like the Gracie, Gracie versus uh, what was it? It was like it was Gracie like, versus Japan. Japan, yeah. And they're like yeah. Kurt. And I don't think you understand what I had to do. They're like all this food, you cannot eat it. It's poisoned. And I'm like, what these bento boxes? So you're they te- they you you're the tester. And they're like eat it, and I'm like, it's good. And they're like <laughs> now now go into Japan. And go find us food that we can eat. And I'm like, and I had my my other backpack. <laughs> and I'd grab my backpack and I'd walk downtown and I'd go, okay. And I'd find fruit, you know, and bento boxes and other sushi and stuff like that. And then I'd, I'd go back and they're like, okay, we can eat this stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's not been tampered with. I got it from 7-Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> And then they go, all right, now go find something very heavy to put on top of the gloves so we can smash them so we, when we hit the people, it breaks their heads. And I'm like, all right, I'm on it. And so then you got Kurt walking around fucking Tokyo Dome looking for a heavy item. And then I'm like, I'm a loading dock, and I find a heavy item. And it's this six-wheeled cart that's like 1,200 pounds, and I, I look around, and nobody's around, I'm like, here, here, come, come, go, we'll take it. <laughs> and I, and I steal it, <laughs> and I come back to the, I come back to the dressing room, and I go, <sighs> and I come in, and they're like, what the fuck is that, Kurt? I'm like, you can put a glove under each wheel, and <laughs> so we proceeded to park this cart that was 1200 pounds on top of the glove so that it smashed the foam right 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 so right, it's right, like right, this yeah, thick yeah. instead of instead of puffy yeah that's it the yeah, pride a, gloves the pride gloves yeah yeah you have to break in those gloves Russell, uh, there was it was you can grapple with them that's uh-huh. what we had to do before the mat the fights and stuff uh-huh uh-huh and so i i was the one in charge of doing things like that now find us a chess set <laughs> and i'm like Fuck, man. So that so how did you how did you start teaching in, in San Fran, like like full time? Because you were the guy there forever. I was the guy there forever because when that opened up, it was an expansion of Mountain View. Right. And so Mountain View was '96, and that's when I met Scotty and all the boys down mm-hmm. there. And then '98 was when it opened up on Valencia Street. 
before Howard. And Valencia Street was 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 a small place. Like we had a boxing ring in the back because we had to get ready for Pride, and then we'd fucking we'd go home and sleep, and then come back and start training at midnight to adjust to the fuso horario. Mm-hmm. Ch- change your time, yeah. Yeah, you know. But the best case is like you just stay awake until you get there, and then you go to sleep. You know, because if you get there. It's and they and then and then they do it on purpose. They fly you in right before three days before. Right, 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 right. right. You know, yeah. so that's when the worst fools, uh, time change. Time change will be jet lag kind of thing. Jet lag, yeah, yeah. So they always w- would fly in all the foreign fighters in three days before, and then he'd be like, "Fuck," you know. But if yeah. you were smart, you'd you'd get there a little bit seven days, you know. Right, if you could, if you had the. The 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 mother funds right to do that the luxury, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, that's ask. ask. Oh. So uh, is everybody talking about this? Uh, what do you guys think about the fight between Elon Musk and Zuckerberg? It's real. What, look, do th- what do you think about the fight between I, Elon Musk and Zuckerberg? Look, is it real? Say, if it's, is it going to happen? I hear they're making T-shirts and they're selling those and they're going to make fucking... Those guys, like, they need money. Like, either of those guys need fucking money. Fucking give me, like, just a little portion of your money. Just a small pile of your money. <laughs> because I don't really need that much money, but I, if I could pay off my house, it would be really nice. But those guys don't need money. And I, I hear that Musk has Danaher as a coach. I saw him in training there, yeah. And I think Zuckerberg is is with Dave Camarillo. Dave Camarillo, yeah. Lineage, yeah. So But he's younger. He's younger. He's younger and the other guy's bigger. Right. I mean How long do they have? How how long is it? <laughs> if it's a one minute fight, how Elon long, Musk. If it's when, more when than if it, it's more than a minute, <laughs> when is it gonna be? Because if it was for cheeseburgers, Musk is gonna win, <laughs> right? I mean, ah, fuck. Uh, Zuckerberg has competed, or you know, he's done a competition. He posted it. He 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 did he did like a what did he do? What is it called? World. World Jiu-Jitsu League. I think it was something else, but it was a local, like, up north tournament. It was not up north, and he did well. Mm-hmm. I mean... He got sh- second place in the gi, I think, first place in the no gi. Fuck, what do you want? Yeah. At a yeah. blue at blue belt or white? I think white belt. Probably going to get promoted soon. <laughs> Better get a good striking coach. <laughs> I mean, both of them. How many fights did you do? I went four and one. Okay, okay, okay. Why didn't you continue? I thought it was I was being redundant. I really loved it. Don't get me wrong. I that was my most favorite thing that I I did with jujitsu. But I was like, come on, I'm fucking forty eight now and forty eight. You were fighting in your. I was still for, fighting until I was forty seven, and that's when I did. Um, Strike force and everything, and then I, I won, and it was on pay per view, and then there's residual 
payment that came at the end of the year, and I was like, what the fuck is this check? Okay. Okay. Which is really... Was it... Did you fight in San Francisco? The, in the area? Yeah, I was in San Jose. Okay, so you probably sold a ton of tickets, right? Well, you had to sell a ton of tickets and and, and be on the pay-per-view, but yeah, it worked out really well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was never really any money. It was mostly bragging rights. Right. Right? Right. It was like, fuck, I'm going to show you fucking how tough I am. Yeah, I mean, we were re- I was. I remember just kind of representing jujitsu. Yeah, totally. You know, seeing, you no, know, it, that's all, how I always, when I fought. Always representing jujitsu and then representing my team. Mm-hmm. Right. That's it. That's it. Who were you with every day, all day? Mm-hmm. And then my guys would do it. They would. They were like younger, you know, twenty-seven, you know, mid twenties and stuff like that. And they're like, "No, I want to make this my career." I'm like, "Well." then let's get on it. And so I'd hold pads for them. I'd train with them. I'd drill with them. We do the fucking house of pain. We do all that shit. Yeah. So how long did you teach totally at the uh, total at the half, the gym? Uh, 25 years, 25 years. And so what happened? Um, with that. So all of a sudden, the how can I say like I don't like to do um, what everybody does and I don't like to be told how to do what I'm doing because I got brought up with health and then he's like well you have to change and I'm like <laughs> you taught me this <laughs> all your fault I'm not going to change it though no Kurt we can change I'm like I'm not changing and so he brought in Philip Cherry, uh-huh. Sailor. Yeah, I know him. Yeah. And Tom. So they brought him in and he brought his Baja Gracie books. And he's all, this is what you're teaching. And this is how you're going to teach it. And I was like, no, I'm not. Uh-huh. I'm not doing any of this. I teach the way I teach and I do what I want. And I'm, I'm going to do it this way. And then they started to, like, kind of, like, impose it. And I was like, I'm not going to settle for this. I, I want to teach the way I teach. And I've always taught this way. And I brought this academy up to, like, over 500 students and maxed beyond maxed classes and stuff and a really good team of competitors and and just regular people having fun and right. all that and and I have all this and more and then then and then they wanted me to change it and I was like I'm not changing and so I I was going through some stuff too with my personal life and so when <clears throat> those things kind of like came to a head I was like fuck it I'm leaving and so I tried to go do my own thing but I fucked that up too, but you know that's that's what life is is a is a series of fuck ups and then you recuperate. How's that? You you talk to Half now? You yeah, talking again? absolutely. Okay. Yeah, Half was worried about me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he still worries about me. So I and I and I always he's he's always going to be a, a really important factor in my life. Yes, yeah, he's like jujitsu dad. <laughs> he's a jujitsu dad for sure. 
for sure. He's always in my corner. He's always been in my corner. He's always going to be there. Right. So that that's one good thing. Like the bad thing was I I just couldn't tolerate that. It was like they're they were going to micromanage me and I was like I've managed this place into very successful and and doing great and then you want to put somebody else in, on top of me and I I, just, I I couldn't tolerate that. I couldn't I couldn't stand it. Right, is he still there, Jerry? Mm -hmm. Okay. You know him. Yeah, I know him. Yeah, I know him. He was from the Baja days, you know, when I was there. He was a kid. I know. Up. He's from, even his friends don't like him. <laughs> yeah, he was down here, actually. Him and uh, him and Carlos Carlinos, because I, I have a, a gym in Pasadena, and he opened up a school, like, maybe 10 minutes away, but Carlos Gracie Jr. wanted me to be part of the their franchise thing, right? Because my gym was called Legacy. And so he asked me to, he wanted me to be part of it. So I was like, but it, it was too close to the his, to Jerry school. So he, <laughs> so he took us both out to lunch. <laughs> and of course, like my wife was like, what are you, you know, what are you doing? We're doing great. You know, why do you, why, why are you going to switch the name from Legacy to Gracie Baja? And so we sat down and he's like, and you know, and I'm, you know, I'm a soldier too. So I was like, if he asked me, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Just, just because of that, you know, if the master is going to ask. Anyway, he took us out to lunch, and he's like, listen, me and my brother Carlson, we shared the same mat. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I taught. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, he taught. We had one phone. Um, the days that I taught, I focused on teaching. On the days that he taught, he focused on answering the phone. So nobody, and he, you know, totally told everybody to go to his days, right? So at the beginning, his classes got fuller and mine got more empty. But with time, because I focused on the classes and doing a good job, my classes got full. End of story. And so just focus on doing a good job and there's enough for everybody and everybody's going to do well. <laughs> and, so he can, and, the, and he can say anything. So he's like, okay, you know. You and can't so. say anything because you're like... <laughs> Because the story, <laughs> and because it was, it was like maybe it was in Arcadia, which is the next door city to Pasadena, and so yeah, he's like okay, and so that's, but that was the beginning. That was the beginning of, uh, of, uh, of him. In, I think here in the U.S., having a school. I think he had the, the school with his wife at the time. Yeah, and then he moved back to Brazil, and then next thing I knew, I saw him in San Francisco, doing stuff, and then I'm like, what's going on? And then where was Kurt? What, what, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't put it. I was like, understand I was like, I'm fucking out of here, and I was like, man, that yeah, was because all my students I used to they if they go to San Fran they went to train with you they went to see you and just you know, you know you had your well, way you had your way your style you know you were uh, YouTube famous and everything else and you know, all the people here like they, they when you do the seminar they all, they all remember that and so they came up kind of watching your videos, right? Your right. Uh, move of the week, some yeah. of those things, and you cursed, and you did all your your style of things, and it was funny, it was real, right? It was who you were. That's how That's how I am. And I, people appreciate that. That's, that's, I think that if you're, if I'm gonna manufacture a persona, it wouldn't be this one. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is an anti-persona for normal people. 
How do you know that what's going on with the with the school there now? Um, I guess it's doing all right. It's still there. Yeah. So it, I'm curious with all the the no, crime and all know. the all the stuff, the pandemic but and everything. Because that, that, that happened before the pandemic, right? When when I opened up Empire with Jake, all of a sudden we were doing really good. We were like full classes mm-hmm, day mm-hmm. and night, and the pandemic hit, and they're mm-hmm. like, "You guys are shut down. Everything's shut down." We had to put curtains. You couldn't train with your curtains open. And so, and then for a long time, I was like, just, I just sat at home and I was like injured anyway. So I was like, I was laid up anyway. And so I was waiting to get through the red tape of MRIs and and doctors and stuff like that to get my hip replaced, my, both my hips. Cause they're both bone on bone. Mm. And so it kind of fell in in stride with the, the COVID. And then I had to wait a whole year. And then last year... Uh, so you had, you had double hip replacement. Yeah. I had one of them. They wouldn't do them both at the same time. They did them one in August and one in November. And then I was finally cleared uh, January of this year. Okay. And so then they're like, okay, now walk as much as possible and try to strengthen yourself. And I'm like, will I be able to do what I do? And they're like, maybe just the teaching part. I don't know about the training part. I'm all, why I'm all, because if your fucking leg dislocates, you're going to be in so much pain. You can't believe it. And you're going to have to get morphine to put it back in. So right now I'm just, I'm, what, what did they do? They cut off the, 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 you know, the, the hip, the socket, right? They cut off the socket, right? So for the they, hip replacement. So they lay you down. And they hey, put talk you, into that microphone. They, so. they put you in, in these two I beams. So the I beams, are where your legs are inside, and then they, they slid it open over here, right on your hip, mm-hmm. where they think it's gonna come out, and they go. Uh, until it dislocates and pokes out the hole. Wow. No, it's like a butcher shop. You should watch it. It's on YouTube. I've seen the knee replacements, and they told me I needed double knee replacement back in like over 10 years probably now. I never got it. My dad did. Did it? Did or didn't? Did. Did. He, was, like, he, he looked like he was riding horses because slide tackling for, for, for soccer players is is all outer inner, so they get bow-legged. Mm, mm. So needless to say, they, they dislocate your joint. It pokes out. Up the side for the hip. They cut it off. They put the new head. And then they open up, and they go with like a door. You know what a, how you do a door handle? Right. <laughs> they go, and they put a new socket, and they pop it back in. So there's a ball and socket, right? Yes. Okay, so they cut off the ball, right? And they put a new ball, like a fake ball. They, like a, they put a new socket. A new socket, yeah. And they, uh, and they take so the you have head. A, you have a ball and socket, so they put in, they put, cause my, my aunt had a hip replacement. They cut off the the ball off your femur, femur bone. Yes. And then they s- stick it into the Hole. socket. Yes. Is that what they did to you? Yes, oh both sides. And so I got, and so finally I was cleared to do like, like normal exercise, like walk, swim. I can't run. They, they're like, no, don't run. And 
come on, just walk? And they're like, yeah, just walk and go up steps and do whatever. And I'm like, what about if I lift weights? And they're like, if you wear out that part, yeah, you're going to have to get another one. And I'm mm. like, fuck, that's the last thing I want to go through. Because it was quite, I was laid. I yeah, was, of course, it's I was, major. I yeah. was laid out. I was I was laying on the couch. I was laying on. I had a, actually my my friend Gene. He got me a hospital bed that did the Moved, lift and, yeah. and did everything. And so I had a hospital bed and I had a. Uh, Have you talked to Scotty about getting stem cells? No, he he, he already contacted me. He's all, dude, come down here. We're gonna. It eats all the inflammation in your body. Yeah, he's gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna launch a bunch of stuff dude. for you. I'm thinking about doing it. You have to. Are you kidding me? Your roots with him? Yeah. Why would that? Uh, yeah, you have to. Yeah, I just got to go down there. It's in it's in Tijuana. Tijuana, yeah, right over the border. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not. They, uh, he he drove me down there because I got I went down like three or four times already. Right. And uh, I thought it was like that too. Cause I think it's like a you know drug cartel, like you know people hanging from the. You know, dead people everywhere. But no, it's like it's like I brought my mom there, and it looks like it looks like she's like, "Are we in Mexico yet?" I'm like, "Yeah, mom, we're because there's like IHOP. It's like the Playa del Tijuana, and Tijuana is not that bad too, the city, but it's like by the beach, so it's like it's beautiful. It's like it's like let's get the U.S. Wow, and it's right over the border. You can actually literally see the border on the ocean. There's, there's like little like a little fence going out into the ocean. It's yeah, it's really like really nice. And I after that I started going and I tell other people about it, you know. And it's it's man. It's, and you've doing, done some treatment. Treatments? Yeah, I've gone like three or four times. Yeah. Wow. And what? I've, they, gone, I've gone four times. I should say three or four times. They, four times. They take they I take just, your blood and then. So that they do a whole thing like so for example they, they do the umbilical cord stem cells, right? And so that they put it it's IV but they soup up your cells. They soup up your cells. First, they do like they do a blood test to see what you need, but they do a Myers cocktail. So they make all your cells really strong. They do a thing called NAD plus, which really strengthens all your cells, right? It's like a people like a drug addict. It just makes you makes your cells really strong. And so they do ozone thing where they take your blood out, they spin it and they put it back in. They do all these treatments to make your body and your cells really strong. And then at the end, they do it. Of course, they do the MRIs too and the, to see where you have injuries, whatever, where they can help you, you tell them, right? And then they put it, they can put it into the joints or they can just give you an IV. I got, I got it in my shoulder, I got it into my knee, I got it into my elbow, and I got it into my spine. The, 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 I went other times too, I just got the IV. But the second, I did a, a, a experimental treatment the first time I went. That's how I went for MS, for the multiple sclerosis. You right. Know? But the second time we talked and he's like, come in. And so I did, uh, I did that, you know? And man, my shoulder made 100% recovery. Wow. Like I'm maybe to, like in a month, you know, I couldn't, you can't train, you can't train, like you're not supposed to train. Um, but man, it's like, it's a game changer. Like, and you, your relationship with Scotty and all these the old school guys, like, dude. And uh, just uh, as a, as a, just going every so often, you I mean, you <laughs> I look at your fingers, I'm like, man, you <laughs> the fact that we have this, this kind of a friend around, you know, and these guys, like, you know, you got to, and it's right here. It's it's like pretty much California. It's is Baja California. Yeah, it's Tijuana, right over the border. So it's literally fifteen minutes across the border. You know. Wow. And like I, I said, I took my mom. And my mom was like, "Are we in Mexico yet?" I'm like, "Yeah, mom, we're in Mexico. We crossed the border." Did she get a treatment? She did. She got a stem cells IV. Wow. Yeah. And she feels. She better? felt great. Yeah. Yeah. It takes all the inflammation away. Just yeah. There's so many. I mean, so many benefits from stem cells. You know. 
the, the especially that's umbilical cord one, right? The people like Mel Gibson's dad, right? He was on Joe Rogan, right? And uh, it was a game changer. So yeah, take advantage. <laughs> I'm gonna have to hook up with Scotty again. <laughs> Kurt, what are you doing there, boy? What hours are you? I'm still asleep. 10.45. Yeah, we're good. We're good. So uh, I was going to ask you, how did, the, how did the whole move of the week thing start? That was totally accidental. One of my... One of my... Because that's how you're... That's how, like, the Kurt... My, that, my, I knew you from Brazil. I knew you from... You know, from all those 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 the, the those days, right, the '90s and stuff. But then, I think the general pop in jujitsu, they learned about you from like move of the week, and everybody kind of grew up that, while watching. That you. was totally accidental. I didn't even mean to that for that happen because one of my students, Dimitri, who moved from Henzo Academy in New York, mm. moved out to San Francisco, is a security tech guy. Mm. Whatever he's anti-scrambler i don't know but you know he goes hey do do a move and i'm like all right i'll do a move you know i do a move and then he put music to it and then upload it and that was the start of move of the week and i would just do he go do it again i'm all right and so i do it again and then pretty soon i had um brisham and john marillo my guys brisham does uh j-ream the kimonos mm. and he's a Hawaiian guy and John Marillo is a, a film guy and he does um, uh, he shoots uh, uh, how can I call him convention shows and products okay and stuff like that but he got a lot of work from move the week and then now I, I don't even see him he's like so busy to shooting stuff for other people okay But um, it was totally accidental. I, I just, the, he'd go, go. And I go, I would just do it. And then I'm, I got some good metal and then some graphics and stuff like that. And it, it kind of snowballed and did, did really well. But, but now I just, uh, I just don't have uh, my cameraman around. That's all. Otherwise, I would start it back up. I want to I do it again. Yeah, your personality, like who you are. Well, I can always do something. How did you get involved with Shoy Roll? With Bear, how did you know Bear? Bear, Bear's been sponsoring me <laughs> indirectly or directly right. since 1996. 96. Like, like as soon as like OTM came out, mm -hmm, Bear mm -hmm. came out, mm -hmm. and so I started having hand wraps, Shoy Roll hand wraps, stuff like that, and then um, Luke. One of my my black belts, Luke Stewart mm -hmm. from Seventh Son, he started getting sponsored by Shoei Roll, and then I was like, "Hey, I want to be sponsored too." And then I would have to, and then I started doing well in tournaments and stuff like that. And then, and then Bear got a hold of me, and and then I I developed a, a friendship with him and everything. So when did he come out with the first? When did the geese come out? It was two thousand the two thousands, right? It yeah, was two thousand like I I have them all. five or something. I yeah. have them all. All of them, I, all of them. All of them. If I don't have it, I'm, I want them. <laughs> if I don't have them, I want them. And if I don't have them, I don't, I just crave them. And so then I keep them, 
in their packages with the sticker and the cellophane perfectly sealed in boxes stacked in my garage. Seven Sun, all of them. All, all of them. All of them. I have them. I'm going to wear a really nice one today. Which, which, which is the one you have? I don't know. I have, it's red and white. It's just okay. so fucking classic. I like white keys. Especially with red. And like, It's very... Do you remember uh, your first jiu-jitsu gi? Because back in the day, it was just like judo gis and whatever so the hell we my wore. my first gi... What was your first jiu-jitsu gi? Oh, my God. It was a judo gi. It was a judo gi, but then Half came over, and he came up with some Krugans. Krugans. And, and I bought a Krugans from him. That was my first jiu-jitsu gi. I had a Krugans. Yeah. From Viking. For Viking, that's it. Viking. <laughs> We're talking about how you love Viking and that, that show Barbarians on yeah. Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. The German TV show that they yeah. translated. And Viking. That, that guy is a crazy guy. I don't know if he's still around. And Malibu, remember Malibu? No, they, they, yeah, Malibu. They restarted. Uh, they restarted the Viking stuff. You know, I mean the the, the Krugan stuff. Yeah, I've they been did? seeing on social what media. What about KF Fighter? No more. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him. But but Viking. How about Asso? No, I have one. Storm, Storm came back. They were later. They were later. Yeah, they were Hanzo, but they came back. But uh, but uh, Krugans was the first Jujutsu gi. You know, I did uh, the Andre Lima. I don't know if you know who he is. He said Taekwondo, like Grandmaster. He trained with Jersinho. He was uh, he, he black belt from, you know, early days. He met the Machados and stuff. And he, he's the one who put, like, Chuck Norris with the Machados and all the magazines around the world. And he was telling me about how it's only jiu-jitsu culture with all these different colored geese. It was from karate, right? Because Chuck Norris, you know, they got those... There's uh, American flag geese and things like that, right? But he would take pictures with the different colored pants to the top, right? Do you remember that? Yeah. And then with the machados and stuff. But those were all over. That's where you got your news, right? Remember those those days? Yes. From the magazines. From Black Belt. Black Belt, which later turned into grappling also, right? Right. And so that's how that's how that whole thing created were, got created with the different colored geese. Because... Back in the day, how many colored geese did we we had white off white geese, right? There was there was beige, which was the crew, right? right, right. Raw, 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 right? The natural or blue. Blue came later, right? Even that was judo, right? That came later though, even like, mm -hmm. not in their nineties, but like in mm -hmm. maybe late nineties, right? Late nineties, yeah. So yeah, was just, he was telling me that story. I was like, wow, that's really cool history on just the geese. But uh, and then just to, uh, it's cool to see Bear, right? Bear like do well because he was always he's all heart. He just wanted to, you know. No, he's really cool. I get, support I, all the I, all his I friends. Always, and I always get a box of geese, and then he knows that I'm gonna rock them. And then you know. And doesn't forget, right? Of the mm -hmm. the. No, school, I, the I told people. him that I was gonna be here, and I, I go, dude, you gotta come come over here. I'm I'm I'm, I'm in L.A., and he's all. Fuck, bro. I'm in New York. And I'm like, fuck, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know? He's busy, man. He's there, there. He's all over the place. Blown up. They're training, man. They're training. It's the gym. What are training they doing? downstairs, hitting the bags. <laughs> You've done that a couple of times, huh? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. 
I still like hitting things. <laughs> Once you get a, a flavor for it and getting hit, it's like, fuck, I don't care if you hit me. You've been, you've been teaching for how many years now? Jiu-jitsu. Um, I, I started counting when I was 28, so, and now I'm 58. So 30 years? 30 years. 30 at years. At least. What, what are some of your favorite memories of teaching? Things that, you know, you're going to take with you? Um, forever. Forever is, is like going to, to all the prides, you know, the, not the pride parade, but pride in Japan. I'm not woke like that. And <laughs> I don't think that's cool at all. And um, so, like, going to Pride, going to Bushido, um, my own students doing MMA and winning, and then winning tournaments and, and stuff like that. I'll, ne I'll never forget that. Um, and just like, not even, not even like, that stuff is like, like cool and, and superficial, but like just, just the normal people that you help that mm -hmm. made, made them stronger or made them better, right? And th what they got out of you installing so much time into them, mm -hmm. right? So that they got, they weren't scared they felt better and and that's that's always the most important like that's what i said on, on like one of my things i was like i'm not trying to do anything crazy here i'm just trying to make better people you know and sometimes it's hard to make yourself a better person but you know you never skimp on anybody else you just you skimp on, on yourself. yourself right yeah yes how has jujitsu helped you me Otherwise, I would have fallen apart long ago, but luckily I'm half German, so. <laughs> hard to kill. <laughs> it's going to be hard to kill. How, how has Jiu-Jitsu helped you? How has it given you, you know, how has uh, it helped, how I mean, has it helped uh, you? I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I do a bunch, you know, I smoke, drink, fuck, swear, you know, uh, but I do everything else, too. I train every day, teach every day. You know, concentrate on my students. When I'm when I'm when I'm focused on teaching, I'm focused on teaching. I'm I'm not I'm not skimping on anything. I'm that's giving your all. That's my 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 objective is to transmit this information to you, no matter how fucking dumb you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people are not smart. Some people need beating, and then some people need prodding, and so you have to find out. Everybody's, yeah. There, everybody's got to how they learn. How, how they, they learn, right? You got to figure out people. So I, I think I figure out people pretty good. And then uh, me, I, I just try to get by. Right now. Get some stem cells in you. Let's get you down with Scotty. I gotta go. I'll call him up. I'll, I'll message him. What's your what's your legacy? What's Kurt's legacy? I don't know. I don't have one yet. 
I kind of was going to have my own academy, but that didn't work out with COVID. And um, now uh, I'm teaching every day at La Marinda Jiu-Jitsu in, in Lafayette. So I have kind of like my set classes, which is like full of swearing and <laughs> homosexual slander <laughs> and stuff like that, you know? But those people like me for who, who I am and because I, I don't fuck about and say what I don't mean. I say what I mean when, when I mean it. Um, and hopefully it'll, it'll open up for me, you know? I just, I just, right now I'm just trying to make it, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to make a comeback. And so I was finally cleared uh, this January. And so now I'm trying to do as many seminars as possible and stay on the mat, stay active. <sighs> I gotta dump some weight, you know? That's about it. Yeah. Well, man, I'm a, I'm a big fan from back in the day. You always had such a big heart. You've always been the guy helping everybody around you. Everybody, like younger guy. I was younger, and I remember, I just, I remember like, you're always the guy helping everybody out, from your teachers to just people around you, your friends and the school. And I appreciate you. I appreciate, like, who you are as a person, you know, uh, being who you are, you know. And I appreciate just, like, who you are as with helping people and the, the what you give jujitsu, I, I really appreciate you, and I'm excited to have you here today at cool. Legacy. Cool. Well, uh, hopefully I show, show some cool shit. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you. Good. You were telling me about your dad when we turn off the cameras. My dad is Lothar Johan Osiander. And I am Kurt Johan Osiander. And my dad was the, he started out as being on the first uh, USF uh, championship team for collegiate soccer. And then went on to coach USF. And then he would, which is strange, uh, he would go do seminars throughout the United States on soccer. And then he later came to me and he goes, do you know that your grandfather would do seminars throughout Germany on machining? Machining. <laughs> and I'm like, and he goes, and then I would do soccer seminars and now you do jujitsu seminars. And I go, perhaps it's an Oceander thing. Hmm. But he eventually became the West Coast soccer coach for like when you bring all the west and the east and the north and the south and you take them up to otc that's where you pick your olympic team mm. right so at first he he was doing seminars and he became the west coast guy but then eventually for the national u.s national team and then he became the coach for the olympic team which was a is a big deal and then he eventually became the national team coach. And he was the coach for the Galaxy when the Galaxy lost in the finals. And he was then let go. <laughs> <laughs> but but he coached, like, all the, the best teams here. He, he coached the San Jose Earthquakes. He did LA Galaxy. He did the Tampa Bay Rowdies. And then he did the California Surf, which is a long time ago. Mm. That's like... 90s even even pre 90s 
and my dad first started doing uh, professional coaching for soccer here in in LA. So that's what I grew up doing. I, I grew I flew out of my mom into soccer shoes. That's all I did. I played soccer every weekend. What did he think when he started doing jiu-jitsu? Like full full time, <laughs> all day, every day. Well, he goes, at least it's a sport. <laughs> and then I go, Dad, I'm fighting. Would you come and watch? And he's like, all right. And so he comes with his very much younger girlfriend. Yeah. And, 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 and he comes and he goes, he's like, what the fuck is this? And he, like, I got him good like seats, seats and shit. And then I went out there and fucking bashed this guy really hard and fucking strangled him and then slapped him and got fined and everything. And he's like, "Court, you're fucking crazy. What the fuck is that? Oh, this is what I do. And he goes, oh, my God. Did he like, does he like fighting? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he definitely think, he respects, it, respects it because he knows, he knows from, he used to do this. He used to tell me this. He goes, Court. I used to walk uphill in the snow both ways, <laughs> carrying bricks. And I'm like, both ways? <laughs> that is, that's a fucking German thing. But he would carry bricks, so his grips would be really good for wrestling because he was a Greco-Romano fucking freestyle guy. And so he'd carry the bricks from his farmhouse all the way up to Aufkirchen. And then when he came back from school, he'd grab a couple bricks and then he'd carry it back down. And so I was kind of raised that way, you know? And he's like, it doesn't matter how good you are, Kurt. You can out-train fucking good. The good guys are all talented. But if you outwork them, they'll falter. Because they're, they're, they have talent, and so they are lazy. Mm. But if you're not lazy and you work harder work than them. them, you will outwork them. And so that's basically what I did with my... With my training and my jujitsu, I get you teaching. You're te being I, a I taught, and and that made me that made me teach better, and then me better, and then you know, and then I just pushed myself even harder, and then you know, that's that's basically the secret. It's like it doesn't matter if you're you're not the greatest, you know, but you can be pretty fucking good if you're fucking tenacious. Mm -hmm. I think tenacity, especially in life, is like you 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 won't give up. So if I won't give up on 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 these things, why would I give up on, on anything? Right? So that's kind of what, what my dad taught me about stuff. He's like, so what if that guy's faster than you? You're gonna mark him before he gets down there, and you're gonna fucking mark him really close, and you grab onto his fucking shorts, <laughs> so he doesn't get away from you. You know, there was all kinds of tricks of the trade and stuff. And then my dad would come in every now and then. He'd pop his head into the academy, and, he, mm. and he'd be like, "He would be pretty fucking stunned at what we were doing." So it was cool. It was really cool for him to see what I did. Different, but yet sport, right? Same, same thing. Same, same, same thing. Same kind of devotion, right? Same kind of. Uh, you have to have the, the love for it, and you have to immerse yourself in it, and then that's how you get good at it, right? And even if you're not really good at it now, doesn't mean you're not going to be good here, 
you know the timeline is like this and your 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 level uh, of intake may go up and down which it does for everybody you know so you just have to stay the course stay the course did you set goals for yourself or you set you have when you talk to your students yeah like me and they're like what do you do and i go well i do monday wednesday friday i do i do top game tuesday thursday saturday to bottom game and then i rotate my armaments every week and they're like what do you mean i'm all i can only use these attacks and then the next week those attacks are not available i have to do another five attacks and they're like why animal don't you want to be good at all your attacks so if you don't rotate your attacks and you just stay focused on these attacks and those those are great but what if the guy doesn't give you the opportunity for those attacks mm. so you have to rotate your attacks so that all my attacks become pretty much sharp right they all get sharp mm -hmm. so then that's what i would do i would sharp sharpen this attack sharpen this but you can't just sharpen that you have to go like this you have to do vice versa and i go i'm gonna put myself in the worst position ever you can ever be and they're like where i'm like mounted with my hands above my head and i have to get out of here and side control or half guard with the guy with head control and, and an unhook and stuff like that and that's yeah. how you get good it's like because it's easy to know what to do when you're in a good position but when you're in a bad position what are you going to do and you, you see know? top guys that get in a bad position and they tap easily when they could have they would have won the match or you know but they're never in those bad positions they're never in those bad positions and that's what i tell my guys and i go i go watch this it's going wrong for him he's going to get fucked and they're like what do you mean i'm all he doesn't know what to do he's never been there mm. And like, what do you mean I'm all? He's never, ever, nobody's ever put him in this position ever in his mm -hmm. life. And he looks like this. His eyes are as big as fucking saucers, and he's like this. Just trying to get out of there with Gaha, you know, which is not going to get you anywhere. So a lot of those guys are really talented, and they are. But all of a sudden, somebody else comes in and is like a little bit more solid and okay. more basic and puts them, shit, you turn a turtle over on his back and then his fucking, he's, he's a fucking turtle. What are some different things maybe that you, you feel like in your own training that you could have done better or things that you see that people make mistakes on to them? To, you said like you just mentioned, right? Like being in bad, not training the bad positions, always just training and the things that they're good at. I think that's a that's a big like me. I always put specifics. I'm like, you're on bottom. You have the guy has underhook and crossface. What do I get? I'm like, you get fucking nothing and like it, Spalding. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. like, it's like no, you you're fucked, and you're gonna have to unfuck yourself. So, I mean, I think I think that like negative training is really really important because it develops a sense of like okay i'm fucked but i'm not really fucked and maybe if the guy was punching me it would be really bad but it's not that yet it will be wonder how jiu-jitsu is going to be because back in our days right you had to get the fine paquette with the vhs tapes study those tapes 
you know, and then things evolved where they were like on, you know, you could it would, DVDs, right? And then, you know, Scotty with streaming some of the things, putting those things online. And now, I mean, inside the gym, you know, streaming live on, you know, on YouTube now or whatever. There's so much information. What's really incredible is the little kids are absorbing all this information and doing it. And they're, I'm like, holy crap, I think that kid just Baron Bolin and did some other fucking move I don't even know, you know? And they're, and they're absorbing it, which is really cool. And as long as they can stay out of the computer long enough, right. they'll, they'll be training and they'll be really cool adults and shit like that. Like the Rutulo guys. I was going to ask you about the Rutulo brothers. What do you think about I've the Rutulo brothers? I, yeah. I've known them since they were yellow belts. Mm -hmm. I met them when they were like this big. Mm -hmm. And so, and then now I see them on one and stuff like that. I'm like, fuck those kids. But the, they a had the ADCC and IBJJF Worlds champions. I know. We're not surprised, but. No, I'm, I'm not. Things that, you know, just the, I mean, talk about perfection, right? And it's all love, all like, you know, all the stuff we talk about. Their mom is really cool. Like, I, I met her and she's like, look, at the, I got my two little kids. I'm like, fuck, you're the coolest mom I've ever seen. She drove them up to like the SF Gracie tournament that we used to host mm -hmm. a long time ago. And that was the first time I met them. And I'm like, who are these little fuckers? Hmm. They're like little yellow belts. And they went out there and they were like, Neh. and I'm like, holy shit. And then I, I get to see him every now and then, which is really cool. Really, really cool. Because I've seen him ever since. They're like this big, and now they're like 180. Mm -hmm. And they're not fooling about. They're lethal. Mm. You know? Which is really cool. It's really, really cool. And they're like showy roll guys, so I got to be fucking down with them. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool, huh? What, are there any, is there anybody else you're watching in the in the scene right now? Jiu-jitsu scene? Musumeki. Mm -hmm. Because I, I like it because he's he's such a fool. He's like <laughs> He's a he's really good and he's just like tearing it up over there and they can't find anybody to f even yeah, match on him. his level, yeah. Not even on his level. He's going to smoke them. They put a some sambo guy. He survived a couple onslaughts, but you know it was his leg lie. His leg was like, you know. I mean, I I like all the I like all the young guys and stuff like that. I mean, Busesha, he he's doing some one stuff and he's doing some MMA. They haven't really thrown anybody really really hard at him. I don't. And then, then again, who are you gonna throw in at him? He's gonna just defuse your game and and go to go back to what he knows, which is really good jujitsu. And, and he's been training since what? He's like six, so he he moves like a six year old, but he's three hundred pounds. Yeah. Did you watch the Hadra Gracie Bujesha match a few years back? That was a while ago. Wasn't the it? the yeah, it was like five years now, maybe six years. I don't even know. Yeah. Fuck. Being a student of the Gracies, right? I mean, Bushesha is too kind of in lineage, right? Wise. In the lineage. Fuck, man. What I remember is Roger just going out there, take you down, pass, mount, simple choke. And then I go, that's all I'm doing for two years. I'm, I'm, all I'm going to do is simple choke. And they're like, why am I? Because Roger mounted Margarita and simple choked him. 
And I was like, fuck that. I don't think you need anything else. If you got a good... I get my hand in my collar and I, and I do what I'm supposed to do. I, I know it's coming and... There's levels of the basics, right? Like, oh, that doesn't work. <laughs> you get it on your first day. You know what's funny? It's like what you get on your first day, if you just got good at that. They say, what's that, what's that quote? Like, the, the, the advanced things are the fundamentals done really well, right? Totally. I mean, I totally believe in that. And, and, and so then my, I'm like, you guys are doing arm lock again today from the guard. And I'm like, why are we doing this again? I'm all, because your secondary leg slides down their back, and that's why they pull out of your arm lock, and that's why you're a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, and they're like, fuck. I'm all, dude. If you just do these things right, you'll have a really good game. And so there's really not too much to it. Yeah, man. It's just like if I, if I keep my technique clean always, my arm lock is basically like house. I go, I go wrist control and I go tricep. And then they're like, why don't you shave the face him off? Because I don't give a fuck about his face. I'm going to fucking swivel under and throw my leg over. And then I'm going to and do it like very old school. So there's there's different ways, of, of course, that everybody teaches. But like, I, I got everything from hell. So I'm like very deliberate about what I do. Mm-hmm. And it's like very simple and it's very crude and very brutal. You know, brutal, brutal is the word. It's brutal is the word. So if you train with high and half or, or Henzo, it's going to be the same. Those guys have the same stuff, except for Henzo's really flexible (laughs) and half is not, but he's really mean. (laughs) Man. What, a, what, a, what an amazing story. I have a lot of pride of just remembering, like, the Santa Cruz tournaments and going up north and seeing, like, the Half Gracie, you know, like, just the, the the team, you know, how they were, like, Hal's the, got a new the daughter. unit, you know? Hal, new, da- new daughter, He's got huh? a new daughter. He's got a new wife and a new daughter. Okay. I think he's moving back to Brazil and everything, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I think he's just, he, like... Right now, what's going on in my area is like a lot of Ralph Gracie Jiu-Jitsu academies mm. popping up. Mm. So he's doing his his uh, takeover of, of NorCal. Like there's a Walnut Creek, there's a Concord. Because yeah, Gracie Baja, right? I guess half Gracie, right? The... Uh, big Hedge, not Big Hedge, um, Bobby, Vol- Bobby Vomit. I don't know if you remember him. Opened up a half Gracie down in Orange County, right? I don't think I understand. I love Bobby Vomit. He's the fucking best. He's like, I'm like, why do they call you Bobby Vomit? And he's like, Bleh. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And Mission Viejo, right? Bro, I saw him at a tournament, I don't know how many years ago. And he's like, Court. I'm like, holy shit, Bob Vomit. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. so nice to see those guys. Hey, it's it's so nice to see people. That's why I, the only reason why I go to tournaments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a reunion every time. No, I just go to see fucking old friends and and talk shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like 
the worlds like i mean all the the big tournaments hopefully the guys come right but it's always like that like that that vibe right yeah um yeah so uh, Bob Vomit opened up a Half Gracie in Mission Viejo in Orange County, and I think they used to have a deal, right? Well, Half Gracie, nobody, Gracie Bob wouldn't open up in in uh, Bay Area, and then you know vice versa down here. And so when he did that, then that was the issue, right, with uh, the whole the whole the Almeida. <laughs> Shh. Look, we can't talk about it, but I saw the footage and I go, oh fuck, you're in trouble. Dude, when I saw that, I don't think you understand. I could see what Kashuhio was saying. And he was like, meh, 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 meh. And I'm like, it's the wrong. And he's like, he's like, what the fuck? I know how I was saying something like, Tanamiaria, this is. You're my area, yeah. And then he was like, it's America Health. You can do what we want. And he's like, yeah. And then the elbow came, and I was like, "He oh, dropped oh. him, right?" And then he threw another elbow no. to finish him up. No, he. And see the whole thing. Oh, I kept beating on. It him. was bad. And then none of his guys did anything, right? That one. No, the, Fabio, nobody Fabio was, all made his guys. No. I mean, it's half. <laughs> well, I don't think I understand. <laughs> I, I fight half, and so other people are like, "Hey, fuck you," and I'm like, "No." Fuck you. You know who my fucking teacher is? I'm not scared of you. I'm only scared of one person. And he's not here in this room right now. So, fuck you with... You know? Because I heard, when I that heard. happens, when he goes like this, and you look like a shark, and he, and, and he elbowed Kashuhino, and I go, that's not going to go good. Because Kashohio is Kashohon, Kashohon is Hanzo, and yeah. that's all family. And that's crazy, right? Like, uh, no, I got Ricardo Almeida's son is named Nanzo. <laughs> How is everybody's intertwined, right? It's not so simple. It's not so simple. Everybody's childhood friends, everybody's friends from childhood no, across the board. They've known each other for fucking, I don't know how many years. I'm, I'm sure Hen. Half trained with Kashuhino. Of course, of course. I know he trained with Hika, with Ricardo Almeida. Yeah, right. Kashuhino, and then and so all these guys are from the same team, Spasovital. Yeah, which is the old school fucking Baja Grace. I don't even even know if it's still there. They moved. They did. Yeah, to bigger spot. Uh, not necessarily bigger, just different. Mm. That was uh, a cool spot. Yeah, it was the. I mean, iconic, right? Yeah. I would hope that it was two blocks from the beach. Well, you, you got off the bus at the dome and then you just walked walk down, down past baby Sukos. Yeah. And you walk down and then you could walk all the way to the beach and get a Bob's burger. <laughs> Fuck. McDonald's moved in later on. <laughs> Dude, I'd get a bu I'd go down there. I'm all, I need, the, I need a Bob's burger and some fries. Now I'm going to. Because now I'm I'm off because I do the noon class and then I'd fucking just lay out all day and then I'd go back for the six p.m. Man, I heard I heard going back to the 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 house with the situation, right? I heard that he was talking to him, and then as Half was turning away, 
uh, or or when Flavio turned away, he smirked, like smirked, like kind of like maybe kind of like he felt like he was laughing at him. And that's when he lost it. From the Brazilians, because like, I'm in some groups and stuff. No, you can't smirk. <laughs> that would be a bad call to smirk at Half. <laughs> you can't do anything to Half. You can't. If you were to do anything, you're you're gonna get fucked. I can guarantee you that. There's there's no way he would let a a, a slight, a spe- and that that is a slight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like in old timey, in an old timey fashion, if I were to like, like look away from you and stuff, it's like you're, oh, you fucking not even looking at me. You're not acknowledging me, or you're, yeah, you think you're fucking cooler than this. And you're not. You know. And back in the day, you compliment every single person. You look them in the eyes. You show respect to every single person, right? Fucking a. <laughs> <laughs> there's none of that in those days there's none of so, that <laughs> if, if you were like and like do that to somebody I'd be like well I think I'll stab you with my sword <laughs> yeah a lot of different times now but it's good it's good because a lot more people are able well, to do the thing is how I think how did he I think he did six months mm-hmm. I think he did yeah. I did three. Fuck. <laughs> it's not easy. Fuck. Do time. Doing time is fucking... This, everything stops. It's just like, fuck, I'm stuck here. The only thing better, the only thing that ha- happens that's cool is people put money on your books and you can fucking order fucking like string cheese and ramen and <laughs> sausage and stuff like that. You can order other products that... You can't have stolen from your room. <laughs> Fuck. Time is shit. There's nothing good about jail. You know Joey Coco Diaz? The comedian? He's good friends with Joe Rogan. Mm-mm. Okay. He's like from New York and, and uh, he's a character, right? And he had, you know, battled drug, drug, and drug, drug, drugs, and just, you know, and he went to jail, you know, crime and stuff. And he found his 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 voice, his comedy voice in jail, because they had the projector and the projector wouldn't work. And then he's like, "Hey, got, hey, Joey, go, uh, Coco, hey, go uh, tell some jokes." You know, he just started shooting the shooting the shit, and uh, he just he started to love it. And then he found his voice with that situation. So one of my students, he he's a comedian, and I'm all, "Hey, what if I go out there?" And I, and I do a stand-up. And he's all, what are you going to talk about? I'm all, all the things that I talk about. He's all, oh, my God, I don't know if that'll be okay. <laughs> I think I think some people might be offended. I'm all, that's what I'm counting on. <laughs> we're just talking, my, my wife, we're talking about, like, Joey, like, is a char- you're a character like that, you know? Like, you, like, maybe not, you know, being a comedian, but just you're just the way you are, you know? Like, it's a unique, unique... Uh, if they when oh, if they make a book, that's a nice way to say it. <laughs> but like you know, because I I talked to Joe and he's like, the, the TV like TV shows they wanted like they want to make make a thing of it, right? And he's like, hey, Kurt's got to be in it. Kurt's got to be in it. He's got to be in whatever. He's got to find a part for him, you know. <laughs> and uh, and his TV show or movie. That's, that's all I'm looking for. All I want to be is in on. I want to I want to do, do something. And so one time I went to 
to the the master worlds and this guy's like look i'm a movie guy i think i can get you some parts and shit and i'm like fuck yeah and he's all do you mind if i take some headshots i'm all fuck no yeah fuck i want to i want to yeah. be in movies yeah. it's a barbarian movie is there swords <laughs> You know, I'm fucking in, you know, yeah. whatever. If you want to need a bad guy or whatever, a hitman, something something cool like that, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it happens, right? That's how it happened with him. He just, we wasn't expecting that. And one thing led to another. And now he's famoso. I mean, yeah, it started with the pod. He started doing a podcast, and then he got on Joe Rogan, and then he was in that longest yard. That's when I met him, when they were in Santa Fe. They were shooting a... You know the old movie, the Burt Reynolds movie? Yeah. They reshot it with Adam Sandler, right? Yeah. And so he came out. That was his first big break, and he came out to Santa Fe. Ivan Salivary, do you know who he is? Remember Bob Sapp? Yeah. Bob Sapp. So they, they brought him as, uh, yeah, they brought <sighs> Ivan Salivary. Bob Sapp was in the movie, right? So, And then he came to the gym, and so we, I have known him never since. And it's been cool to see him, like, you know, evolve and, you know, just mature and learn, right, from just from everything, right? The good and the bad. Yep. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's what that that's what I was kind of trying to, to gear myself to, but it didn't come to fruition, but that's all right. I mean, I'm I'm cool the way I am. Some you need some more YouTube videos, man. <laughs> some more uh what was the name of the the, the series? Uh week uh technique of the week? What was the name of the series? Move of the week. Move of the week. Now my my student Yoshi, Bro. have you looked? Have you seen my? He no. does move of the day. Move of the day. That's okay. my. That's my student Yoshi. Oh, okay, okay. He's okay. my guy. Okay. And he's like, I'm doing what you're doing. I'm mm -hmm. right. mm -hmm. That's good. Ah, but to get, I know our phones. We can do everything with our phones now. Back in those days, yeah, you needed like a whole setup and everything. Now you can just do it with your. Get a little mic. Oh no, you, you can, can do, do everything. Look, everything's like. <laughs> yeah all right i'm waiting for the i'm waiting for the more youtube videos that's what i'm waiting for i need my cameraman back if he can get he's got so much work now <laughs> no you get find somebody else one of your other guys to help you do but it they can't do the graphics with the metal and the eagle just start just do it we're waiting okay everybody wants it they miss you it. They miss you. That's why you're here today. All right. Kurt Osiander. Icon, legend. Thank you, brother. Nobody. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you. All right. Let's, uh, we're back one more time. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the endless conversation with shit. How, much, how, many, how many things can we talk about? Well, we started talking about the Roman Empire. We started talking uh, about how I moved. How I moved oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Glendale, all these Armenians. And we're talking about the Barbarian TV show, okay. right? And? And I love the, Ro the Roman Empire history. I love the Roman em Empire because they were organized and they strategically marched and killed everyone. What, so what, Julius Caesar, he was, tell, tell that story again, how they went across the, so the, the Nube River. After Gaul was subjugated, which is a nice way to be raped and pillaged, um, they marched over to the, to the Danube and they looked across the river and they said, hey, who are those fuckers over there? And 
these are Germanics. And the Germanics would ride around and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Romans were like, yeah, fuck you. And so Caesar said, build a bridge over the fucking water and we're going to march in there. And he's all, okay. And so they built a bridge and they marched over and marched legions over into Germanic land and then turned around, backpedaled, broke down the bridge and went back just to show them that we can. And so then the Germanics were like, oh, fuck. And since all these Germanic tribes are pretty, like, independent, they, they were fighting amongst each other. They were raping and killing each other. They were never together. The, like Germany, the Germanic, but they're all separate. They were all separate. And so... That was like Caesar's way of saying, hey, I'm... I got it together. I, I'm going to come over there. I'm going to fuck you. And you guys have no way to stop me. And that was after Vercingetorix, which was the Gaulish mm, mm. king, was then later transported to Rome and throttled in front of a large <laughs> Romanic... <laughs> it, was, it was a festival. It's like we're choking this Frenchman in front of you. And so that was like the beginning of the Germanic Wars, which the Germanics really put up a way better fight than the French, which is always true. <laughs> I mean, man, like the Arminius, right? He was, he was raised, he was taken as a kid to they Rome. Would, they would be taken as tribute. So you would be it's like, okay, we won't kill you, but we will take your children and raise them Roman. And so that was the downfall mm -hmm. to, the Ro to Rome because a lot of these kids that were taken out were like, I learned all their strategy and everything. Like Arminius. And went back and said, look, this is how we got to fight these guys. We're not going to fight them like we used to fight them with crazy barbaric attacks. We're going to fight them the right way. And so this happened. And so what happened is not just Arminius went back. There, there, was, there, was, there was multiple times that, that different children went back and fought for their their tribes and stuff like that. Mm. But but it, it's really interesting that what they did is they went back and then they mounted their armies the same way as the Romans and did the same thing or, or devised other plan, plans of, like the Teutonburg Forest, mm. which was a big kill. They killed like three or four legions and they cut them up with with uh, fires and then just piecemealed them until they were they vanquished all of them and then of course they have all the weapons and the armor and can turn it around and go back so they march right back into Rome with all that one step so by step when that's the thing is when the Visigoths and the Goths marched on Rome and sacked Rome, and they did. That's why the Eastern Empire in Constantinople mm. opened up. 
So it was it was not just Rome. It was Rome and Constantinople, but Rome fell, and so Rome kind of like was like, okay, we we lost we lost that piece, but we still have Constantinople. But eventually, the Turks would invade Constantinople and overrun it also, with huge cannons, huge cannons. There was a there was a, a comic book called Asterix when I was a kid in Germany that I loved. Oh my god! I have I have them. I have all of them. I have <laughs> them in my house. I <laughs> know I have them in my house. I swear to God, I have Asterix and Adifix. Asterix and Obelix. Yes, yeah. I have yeah. I have those. I have my comics. <laughs> are they in German? Yes, they're in German. Yes, of course they are. I was in Germany. Okay. All right, all right. Sisterses. <laughs> How many sisterses? What do you think about the the? We talk about the you know from because I, sixteen years ago I you know we, I, my wife we got married I got married before that it was like before that twenty years ago but we, like when I once she got pregnant with our son we moved, we moved here to Glendale with a bunch of Armenians right like the, all Armenians you know. More Armenians here than uh, than probably in Armenia, um, but what do you think about the thing about like in Bavaria? They said that there's like roots roots of like the Armenians coming up, going up the Danube to you know to like you know Bavaria, Munich, and all that. But that's true. But the they were horse tribes, so there was not really that much. I don't think there was that many, like borderlines and stuff like mm. that. So. Like, um, because the Black Sea, right? The Danube goes to the Black Sea, mm-hmm. and the Black Sea is like Georgia, Armenia, you know, yes, which and, is all one back in the day. But, like, if you look at uh, Bavaria, mm. it's a fucking tough motherfucking country, mm. and so everybody there is very tough, and and they're they're not they don't take shit and so i think that uh that's why the germans stalled in germany they they did they 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 got to berlin and there's a there's a statue of mark antony and everything mm. in berlin mm. i believe it's in berlin if i'm not, if i'm not mistaken but the Romans never really got control of the Germanic tribes. Germanic tribes were like unruly and very crazy. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> you know, because what what are you going to do with a bunch of Germans? Especially armed Germans and with the Gaha to fucking fuck you up and ambush you you know so that's that's why i think the romans kind of like stalled out and had to pull out because they they had to pull out of they they definitely had to pull out of britain so britain was like to a, a point where hadrian's wall was and they were like fuck we better wall these other picks the Picts was a tribe. And so the Picts would 
jump the wall and then fucking assassinate uh, Romans. Or if they went into the picked forest, they would get assassinated. So needless to say, the Romans had to pull out of fucking Britain, pull back to fucking Gaul, pull back the whole time. And the whole time they they were they were retreating from tribes that were stronger than them. So, I mean, that was their downfall, huh? Bringing the dramatic kids to down well, to Rome and, and, and then teaching the, them. And the Goths, the Goths sacked Rome. Rome. They they sacked it, and of course they couldn't take precious metal or whatever and burn everything and rape everything, and uh, I mean, that's cool. I mean, to me, but. Man, yeah, I remember how many? How many? What year was that when they, when they sacked Rome? Oh, Seven hundred, eight hundred? No, six hundred. Fuck. My. They had a good run though. They had a, the Roman Empire. Let's say the Eastern Empire all of a sudden opened up and was like, "Oh, we're the Eastern Empire. We don't need Rome. Hmm. They're fucked. Fuck them." Yeah, and then Constantinople was like the pillar of society and the last, how can I say, bastion of Romantic society. And then the Turks came. Right. And the Turks, the Turks tried one time, and they couldn't do it. The Constantinople? Yes. Okay. They couldn't do it. And then they came back. And they went over the over the hill and put boats in their bay, and then it, it fucked them up. Different times, right? I, I love I love like Roman Empire, like just the all the stuff that the the, the battles and just the how taking of France, like what Julius Caesar did, right? <laughs> all that stuff, I love it. I love all the shit that <laughs> means nothing to it, anybody. <laughs> It means nothing to anybody because they're like, that's all ancient history, Kurt. It all has relevance. You'll see in the future. Same patterns, right? The same thing's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And you guys don't have any idea. But needless to say, somebody's going to march over and take over and everything. Everything goes in a flow back, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with, like, constant, the Bosphorus is there. So there's the Black Sea and the Bosphorus and, and Turkey and all that. That's all very, really, like, relevant to, like, siege warfare. And the only reason... Like, Turkey has been able to, like, sustain a lot of uh, sieges is because they have cisterns. Cisterns? What cisterns? That's where you keep water. Oh. Because you can live without food, but you can't live without water. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay. If you got water, you're all right. So are we going to go into the AI era, but... There's going to be the Mad Max era, right? 
probably in between where everything goes down, internet goes I'm down. I'm already driving people down and taking their gasoline. Is that going down? So we got to learn about this ancient history so we're prepared, right? Look. When that happens. I'm driving people down. I'll take the gasoline. I will take all the parts off your car. I don't give a fuck. I, I think that this, this era is going to be that way because since we're going, everybody's going electric. So everybody goes, oh, I'm just going to go plug in. <laughs> You're so gay. <laughs> so just so you know, fossil fuel is going to be obsolete. So I think that will just make it more wanted. And therefore, I will have to crash your car over to the side of the road and then drain it of your fluid and kill you. We'll see what happens right, with everything, man. I think we got to teach class in when? a few minutes, like five minutes. Oh, fuck. So uh, thank you. Thank you again for the third time. I think thank you. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> see you soon. <laughs>